Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, all you down to dunkers? <laughs> what's up, dunkers? <laughs> what's up, dunkers? <laughs> oh, man. So the Thunder are still in L.A., which is great for them. Good for them. Good for them. Getting out of these icy conditions. Wonderful. So they're in mm. L.A. Uh, and Shea is listed as out tonight because of the, I assume it's the same knee sprain that maybe it's acting up and he needs to sit down for a little bit. But, Alex, maybe that doesn't matter because there's a player on our team that has comparables at his age to Kawhi Leonard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Tyler Hero. That's <laughs> and, playing tonight. And who, who, else, who else is on that screenshot? You know what? No one's worried about that. Not one person is worried about that last comp, Alex. Last comp was Cameron Payne. <laughs> last comp was campaign. Bubble Payne, to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. This is 1920 Payne. This isn't. This isn't past pain. Uh, um, one of, one of the most shocking tweets I've ever I've ever seen. I if I would have told you preseason, hey, a smart NBA guy, one of the smartest, Whew, a guy yeah, that not we, even just NBA smart. We're no, Sam Bassini. This is Sam Bassini. Game theory podcast. Right, he's gonna tell you that Hamadou Diallo might be the most underrated player in the NBA right now. Uh, and you know, I don't, I don't know about like rated, underrated, or whatever, but I do know that he's been very good in the last like ten games. Yeah, and I'm going to we're, we're going to uh, uh, give out some awards for the first trimester today, and he's he's going to come up in one of my awards. Oh and yeah, yeah, like like you said, you know, we all remember the games in New York. He had those two great games against the Knicks and the Nets. Scored over 20 points. It was awesome. That we 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 put a bet almost that you were going to have to say that Hamadou Diallo is a guy if he had scored another 20 points. Yeah. But then, you know, looking at his game, his, his stat lines, his box scores, that was kind of isolated. But within the last, like, 10 and in particular the last six games, like, he is stringing together probably the best run of his career. So oh, he has double, digit, yeah. du- double digits in the last 10 straight games, which I don't even have to look up to know that that is the most he's ever done. Right. And then within the last six games, the thing that stuck out to me, first of all, he's averaging, like, 16.7 points, five and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, which that's really impressive. Yeah. The other thing that's really impressive, he's getting to the line over five times a game and shooting 81%. He had a game where he shot nine for nine. Yep. Yep. It's amazing. On, on the season, he's 66% from the line, which is like, it's bad, but it's still like points per possession wise, pretty good. Like, that's okay. <laughs> True, uh, yeah. 
And have you seen his per thirty six numbers? Uh, I, well, are those those are the numbers that uh, Sam Vecini posted? Is that right? Is that I'm trying to remember. I'm assuming they are. He no, the numbers he posted are like advanced numbers. Oh, okay. Here are his raw per thirty six. This is gonna blow your mind. Nineteen points per game, seven point eight rebounds per game, three point seven assists, one point seven steals, half a block, only two turnovers a game. And he was obviously shooting this. He's shooting 52% from the field. I mean, that's that's very much something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, it, I don't know what to call cr- it, but it's something. Well, the crazier part is that, you know, per 36 has its flaws because a lot of times it inflates guys who are only playing like 10 or 12 minutes a game. It's like, right. wow, if we just played this guy 36 minutes a night, we'd have a superstar. Yeah. But in the case of Hami, like he's playing 30 minutes per night. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that far off. No, it's not. It's and if he could can keep the set, and it's really about. It's always been about decision making for Hami. Like that's been the thing that's held him back. He's one of the most athletic guys in the league. I mean, the dude won the dunk contest, and it's always been about decision making. And it does seem like some of that is coming along. And if that ever came along, and, and for the most part, guys that start where he starts just maybe don't really ever get there uh, and maybe they become rotation players, but he's, he's doing something that I, that is very unexpected. Uh, and like to well, speak to your per 36 numbers, like Mike Muscala's 19 points, seven boards per 36, Moses Brown's well, per 36. That one I so, believe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> if we just played Mike Muscala, 36 he'd be minutes a game, 10 guy. He'd be an almost 20 and 10 guy. Moses Brown's per 36 are the most hilarious. 24 points, 17 boards, three and a half assists, almost five blocks per game. Diamond in the rough. Diamond in right the in rough. front of our eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, it, and the crazy thing about what you're talking in terms of like Hami's development as a decision maker is that we saw bad decision making early this season. Weeks I mean, ago. It, it Weeks wasn't, ago. We weren't making it up. When no. Hami would come in and be like leading the offense, a lot of crazy things would happen. Mm-hmm. And then last, or I guess it's two nights ago, he had a play where he dribbled in from the three-point line and threw a perfect cross-court pass to Bays, mm-hmm. who was wide open at the three-point line and who made it. And those are just plays that you just didn't see most of the time from Hami. Because if Hami's driving, Hami was going to be taking it to the rack. Yep. And for him to have over three and a half assists in this last little stretch, I mean, it's it's a different player. It's We're watching deal. something we haven't seen before. Well, you're going to get to see it tonight in L.A. Against Big time. Do you think LeBron. he'll – will he start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be Teo and uh, Hami? Yeah. Man, the, the L.A. announcers, the, they're screwing with, with my brain because they kept calling him Diallo. Oh. Instead of Diallo, they were combining Hamadou and Diallo. Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> Hamadou Diallo. And it's, it for a brief moment, it became like a Robertson Roberson thing. And oh, I couldn't yeah. remember which was right. <laughs> it's dangerous. I don't want it to go down that road. No, do not want to go down that road. Uh, we are going to talk about awards, these trimester awards, the first trimester for the Thunder. Uh, before that, let's go to the stream. Let's see where people are watching and listening. We've got No Limit from Virginia. We have 
Uh, Jorge from Madrid. He said, let's get Cade. Couldn't agree more. We have Hu Yan from Hong Kong. We've got uh, Nick from St. Louis. This is great. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We have somebody from India. I, I will not try to pronounce your name because I don't want to embarrass myself or you. Chuck from Arkansas. B. Arthur from Bethany. Represent. Trey Witzel from Norman. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, the G League Ignite team plays today, Alex, here in just like two hours. Yeah. So that's I was exciting. Just looking that up because I realized someone posted it, but they were posting Central Time. So that's ha- happening. That's starting really soon. Very soon. I'm going to be on 8 my couch. starting in an hour. We could live stream it. Oh, it's an hour? I have to go to work. Yeah. It starts at 11 a.m. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In one hour. We can. Against the Santa Cruz Warriors. That should be fun. Isn't Jeremy Lin on that team? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. Is he playing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to make it back in the league. He's playing for the the Warriors. Wow. Wow. Uh, Mike Ling from Tulsa. Ross from New Jersey. Thanks for listening. Brody Berman from Tulsa. Jay says, sup, dudes. G League. G League. Oh, Nico Mannion, too. Yeah. Good good eye there. Uh, Okay. We'll be out. Yeah, that should be fun. It should be fun. Do you, do you know off the top of your head? Sorry to put you on the spot. Do you mm-hmm. know off the top of your head when they play the blue? The um, I can find their schedule. I don't know off the um, top of my head. Well, while you're talking, just a few final thoughts on the Lakers game. It was really cool to see. That last five minutes felt like a playoff game because yeah. the Lakers ramped it up significantly Yeah, in that last five minutes in overtime. And it was really cool to see Shea step up to the moment, mm-hmm. who basically made three threes in that last five minutes. And they were all crazy. I mean, one was the step back. The step one back. was the out-of-bounds three in the corner. And then the other one was getting fouled and shooting and making three free throws with one second left. <laughs> that, was, that was some rust stuff right there. I mean, like, how yeah. could you not think of Westbrook? He took over. It was awesome, and and it was really cool seeing. Uh, there was one play at the very end where LeBron manned up yep. on Shea, yep. getting that respect. It was just awesome. So yep. that, that was a, that was a cool end to that game, even though overtime kind of fizzled. Yeah. So the the Blue play their first game tomorrow. This is on ESPN Plus at ten thirty a.m. Central Time. They play the Salt Lake City Stars. Okay. Uh, Friday they play the Ignite at two p.m. Central Standard Time. Mm. So that's that's the one, Al. Okay, that's exciting. Poku, Kuminga, Green. Is there anyone else on our team that we on our team? In Moses Brown. Moses Brown, the Perth thirty six, just superstar. Yeah, Moses Brown. Okay, well, that will be fun. Um, so, yes, as Andrew mentioned, we're going to give out some awards because after tonight's game, we'll be past the 33% mark of the season. A third of the season will be done. And so it's time to give out some awards specific to the Thunder. We're not going to do, we're not going to bore you with who our MVP is of the league. Who cares? Well, I think it might be Joel. Six man of the year? Who are it's people hot. saying? I guess Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, Clarkson's popular name. Hami? Hami. Who knows? Who knows? He's getting some buzz. There's some buzz out there. Yeah, Sam Vecini talking about him. 
He um, was on, okay, so our, on the Ringer show yesterday, the mismatch. They talked about Hami for like five minutes. Oh, really? I'm, I'm in the middle of that episode right now. Thanks get, for ruining it. Spoiler. Get ready. Get ready. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, our first award is the Thunder Top Shot Moment of the First Trimester Award. This award goes to the best highlight play of the first trimester that should be made into a top shot moment if it is not already. And for me, when I think about this year and just highlight plays, the first three that come to mind, two of them are already moments. Yeah. It's the Shea game winner in Charlotte. Game one. It was an important moment. It was the first game. It was our first glimpse at Shea as lead ball handler, as like number one guy on a team, and he stepped up and hit a game winner. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The other one is Isaiah Roby. Jukin. Vooch out of his shoes <laughs> and getting a huge slamma jamma. That's a huge slamma jamma. That was amazing. But those are already made, and I understand why. They're already top shot moments. I get yeah. it. If I could do one, and this one it was never going to get made because it actually happened in the preseason. It was oh, okay. Baisley's preseason dunk against the Bulls. He stole yeah. the ball, took it the length of the court, had a cool-looking dunk. But But not only would you get the dunk – you would get the pan to the bench, and you'd get the Poku reaction. The most yes. fired up we ever saw Poku. It gets me fired up to this day. Yeah. If that if that was a top shot moment, ooh, baby, I have to buy that. <laughs> I'd give $2 for that. I probably would, too, just to have the Poku moment. Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say that it's it has to be the Roby dunk, probably. Or even the, the Shea step back, I... I've got a problem because I just can't stop thinking about it. Like, I just think that that was such a big moment for him as a player uh, against the Lakers in L.A. in the closing moments of the game to hit a step back three like that. To me, it was just it's one of those flashbulb moments for him as a player that 
I probably won't forget that's just like, okay, like there, yes, we, we knew that he was really good and we had even argued that he should be an all-star last week, but that was even something a little bit further than I would have expected from him. Yeah, because it shows a not just confidence in yourself, but confidence to bring it out when he did. I mean, we've seen him take step-back threes this yeah. season, and it's been awesome. But to pull it out then, to say like, oh, I'm gonna, this is going to be Dame time. This is Shea time. I'm going to pull out the step-back three when we uh, my team most needs it and, mm-hmm. and to be successful at it. That's really impressive. Yeah. But I think we got to give it to Roby. To just yeah, that, just I decimate that. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's a fun it's, play. It's, great. it's a very fun play. He he like nearly traveled but didn't because I watched it like a hundred times afterwards and it was great. Just a great move, a great highlight. And uh, I did not did not think I'm pretty much what I learned going through all this is just like pretty much like every preseason thing that I thought was wrong. Um, about everything, and Isaiah Roby being the person to have this uh, highlight is uh, is number one on the list. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that actually uh, leads us in nicely to our second award, which is It's Too Late to Apologize Award. This award goes to the preseason Thunder opinion that we were most wrong about. Yeah. What did you choose? I mean, I think that it has to be that Ikami is the tank commander, right? That is exactly what I wrote down. I had another one that I could have done, but the difference between my opinion of Hamadou Diallo preseason, arguably like first couple weeks of the season until now is greater than any other change. Yeah, same. I don't, I mean, you you couldn't have seen this coming. Like, I just don't, if you did, you're just a like blind homer that's just like, everybody's going to be great, you know? Uh, Right. He has be- become, and I've thought, I was thinking about this yesterday about he and Kenrich. I rewatched some of the game and just thinking, like, uh, those guys as bench guys on a good team would be helpful. Because Hami can come in and handle some and get to the bucket. And Kenrich just makes stuff happen, you know? He's just out there. He's getting offensive rebounds. It doesn't, he, play, he can play whatever really position you want him to. He just makes stuff happen. And just having guys that can come in and kind of disrupt things on the defensive end and then, you know, make things happen offensively, those are like valuable bench players on really any team. Like, I really feel like both of those guys are becoming, you know, huge credit to the coaching staff and what they've been able to do because I think that he's, they've turned kind of both these guys into productive NBA players that I think could flourish in a lot of situations. And the quality that those two guys share that the coaches probably couldn't teach them is that they do not back down. Like, they are strong dudes. And when they get under the basket and there's, like, a miss off the rim, like, they're going to fight for it until it's done. Mm -hmm. And Kendrick had a few of those last – or against the Lakers where, like, it was just – it was generally ugly play in the post. And he had, had like, one put-back dunk that, like, did not – it wasn't really a dunk. It, like, bounced around a while. Um, But, yeah, both of those guys, when they get to the rim, they can use their strength. And it's just nice to have guys who are that aggressive coming off the bench. It is. They're good. They're good. But, yeah, Hami – Hami's improvement over the last several weeks has been something to behold. And, really, it – it's credit to – 
not only like the Thunder coaching staff, but just the entire organization being so committed to developing these guys. It it this should give you hope for the future and hope for even if they you know, if they lose the next five games and they fall into the bottom five like that. It's sh- obviously like losing is not exciting, but the excitement for the future of what they can do when they get like blue chip talent. Right. Like, Cause like, you're seeing it with Shea. Cause I don't know that Shea is this guy. Every stop that he makes. It's the same with Westbrook. You know, I don't know that Westbrook becomes the MVP if he just goes to any team. And it's exciting to, to think about the possibilities. That's why I'm so pumped and jacked to watch this game here in an hour uh, because those it could be one of those guys that's on the Thunder this next year. And if they can take Hamadou Diallo and turn him into a player, uh, it's and do what they're doing with Shea. I mean, it's very, very exciting to think about what they could do with like a true blue chip prospect uh, that they haven't really had you know since James Harden to develop. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. Um, but unfortunately, it's not going to be all fun, Andrew. And that brings us to our next award, the Friend Zone Award. This award goes to the Thunder player who you are still unwilling to commit to, despite their good start to the season. So it's someone you're still keeping at arm's length. You're not embracing them yet. Yeah, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Roby is it. Mine as well. Me. Yeah, and and part of this is not his fault because. We've talked about how the the coaching staff has generally put all these players in a position to succeed. I would say the one player you could argue that has not happened for is Isaiah Roby because he's playing a ton of minutes, over half of his minutes at the center position, which I think even Roby fanatics would say, okay, he's probably not an NBA center, like what, long well, term. Well, what is he then? I I think if he's not a center, like, what is he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I was trying to think about what, what his ideal version of him would be in the future. Shout out to Hank. <laughs> I'll put myself on mute real quick. Hank, Hank is a uh, a big Roby fan. He's not. He's not taking this taking Hank, this well. <laughs> quiet. Um. He he has not been put in the greatest position, but I I don't know. I was thinking like, is it a Montrez like? Is that his like energy big off the bench? In which case, I guess he is a center. He's a, to but, me, he's a center. To me, there's no doubt in my mind that he's a center. Just because I don't think that he has the the quickness to stay with fours or with wings. Because um, if I've, he's a center, I mean, this is why then I'm not. This is why he's in the friend zone because I just don't think he can be good enough defensively for you to ever play him at center long term. Yeah. Bingo. Like that's it. Like this is okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> and and not and I'm sorry, everybody, but not everybody can be a part of the future of this Thunder team. And it's and just like this growing strange sentiment on Twitter where it's like not okay to give fair analysis for these guys. Like we have to give them like everybody has to get like just large portions of the benefit of the doubt. And it's like I'm sorry. Like the truth is like most of these guys will not be on the contending version of the Thunder in the next five years. I mean, that's just the way that it goes. Yeah, it's unlikely that, you know, a bottom five offense has like 15 NBA players on it. <laughs> right. It's, it's unlikely. Yeah. But on the flip side for Roby, and maybe you'd say, well, he is a center, but 
playing him at center has really helped him offensively because as we mentioned earlier like it's given him the opportunity to have some highlight moments yeah. against some traditional centers that cannot guard him because he is much quicker than them mm-hmm. and i think that is where like the flashes have come from and that's what's gotten people excited mm-hmm. but i keep looking at like the defensive side looking at some of the on off numbers looking at some of like individual net ratings like roby's at the bottom of everyone consistently over and over again and that's despite getting to play a lot with our best players getting to play yeah. with the starters yeah so yeah, that's why he, he's in the friend zone yeah he's to me he's one of the somebody has to score the points category right uh, yeah because he's i mean he gets he gets the ball and he can do some stuff with it but if you're playing at a high level he's likely not on the court because he just defensively is just not He's not. He's not going to be good enough as a center, and he's certainly not going to be uh, good enough as a wing. But he's playing. I feel like they are maxing out his potential um, to a degree. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, our next. This is a little sad award again. It wasn't supposed to be like this award. This award goes to the Thunder player, coach, or event or topic that we are most disappointed in, Andrew. And, yeah. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, I wonder if it's the same one, but for me, it's Poku leaving. It's Poku going to the bubble. Yeah, I've I've been excited about seeing Poku play NBA basketball since we drafted him. The preseason was a blast. The regular season, we started to see uh, maybe the limitations of Poku (laughs) in the NBA, but I still felt like, oh, who cares? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're not winning the championship this year. Let's just keep playing them. Let's see what happens. And while I don't disagree with the decision to send him to the G League, because I I do think we'll get to see a a more free version of Poku, able Mm -hmm. to do whatever he wants, Mm -hmm. I do miss watching him. And he was, as Taylor said, he was one of the aspects of the season that was really fun, and it was very enjoyable to watch Poku. Oh, yeah. Anything's possible with Poku. Yeah, I would... would, That definitely crossed my mind. I think it's probably like the huge ups and downs that we've seen from Darius Baisley that has been not what I was expecting from him. I thought we'd see something a little bit more steady and he's still very young and he's got time to develop. I'm not, this is not me saying I'm worried about Darius Baisley long-term. I I think he's still got a really good shot to be a good player, but he's been uh, wildly inconsistent uh, throughout the season. Like Against the Lakers, he was great. He was very aggressive. Yeah, he missed a ton of shots, but just the aggression that he showed is like, okay, I'd like to see that on a nightly basis. And I was asking Mark Degnault about that, and I asked Al Horford about that uh, after the game. And, and you know, they do a good job of explaining kind of the mentality of these guys, um, Mark Degnault in particular. I thought that he was just – he was insightful about how he's really – He's, they're throwing a lot at him, and he he just needs a lot more reps. Is basically what he said. Like he just he needs to get more experience to figure this out because he's he hangs back too often in in a lot of games, and then he doesn't want him to be too aggressive. And like Bays is trying to figure out like what that means for him as a player. So to me, it's just those inconsistencies because I thought he was pretty good in the bubble, and I thought that we'd see a little bit more from him so far this year. Uh, James Anderson in the chat says he's most disappointed in the good start that the Thunder have had. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a, a good 
um, observation about Bayes, because I, I would partly agree there as well. And I think the hard part about Bayes is that we still don't really know what his ceiling is and what his fit would be on a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, because he was so raw coming in, like we really had no tape on him. It was like, well, theoretically, this guy could be anything. And if he could be that anything, if he could be that all-star player, then he should be taking over games. And when he doesn't take over games, now I'm start. we're starting to have to readjust to like, okay, so what would he be? Would he be like the third scorer on a team, like in, in a starting lineup? And what would that look like? And so, yeah, he has kind of faded in and out of games. He's been on a nice recent stretch. And I think his rebounding numbers in particular have been a real highlight of the season. Yeah. Um, he had a, a dip in the middle part, but more recently he's been much more aggressive on the boards. And I think he had like six, he had, you know, season high against the Lakers. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, if we could get some consistency from Bays, whether that means he's like reaching his ceiling or not, but if we can just see some consistency, that would be awesome going yeah. through the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His recent okay. stretch has, his recent stretch has been good. Like he's hit double figures in several games. Uh, and then the 21 and 16 against the Lakers was nice. So our next one's a fun one. Take this young man to the Trade Machine Award. This award goes to the realistic young player that the Thunder should target in a trade this season. So we're yeah. saying they need to make a midseason trade, go target this guy. Maybe he's undervalued. Maybe he won't be too expensive. We're not saying Luca. Okay, this has to be realistic. <laughs> Did you, eight, uh, did you eight eighteen first round picks for Luca? Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> is is was there a name that popped up for you? Yeah, uh, I maybe went too realistic <laughs> with mine. <laughs> okay, uh, Aaron Aaron Neesmith was one that I had. Aaron for the Neesmith. Yes, that is exciting. Tell <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> so I do think the Celtics want to make a move. And there's apparently some rumors that they're like being very active. And I, and I think that Al Horford still makes a ton of sense for them. I don't know if they would pull the trigger on that, but if you just ask for an Aaron Neesmith back as compensation, like, no, we don't have to do draft picks. You can just give us him. I know the Thunder were interested in him pre-draft. So I think that's one. I think I also look at the Orlando Magic and Mo Bamba, who okay, is just... So- that was wasting mine. away. He's wasting away in Orlando, and I know a, de- a a coaching staff that loves to develop players. I know that the Thunder have an opening at the center position for a That's young true. guy to to slide in there. They don't yes. really they don't have a young prospect, and I was not a Bamba guy at the draft. I I was not a believer. He was pushed around by nearly every single big man in the Big Twelve that year. I mean, he just got bullied all year long. And so I don't, I don't love Bamba, but he's got tools that you can't, that you can't teach. And so maybe the Thunder could do something with Bamba. So to me, it's it's Mo Bamba, and then I also threw Chuma Okiki in there if they, um, if they did make some kind of trade with the Magic, like Okiki would be awesome to get as well. But I would almost just rather swing on Mo Bamba and see see what happens. And the reason why I like the idea of Mo Bamba is even if it doesn't work out he serves a role in Shea's development because 
Shea does not have that sort of rim running big that he can throw lobs to. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite plays of the first decade of Thunder basketball. You know, yeah. whether it was Russ with Adams or or CP3 with Adams or anyone with Adams. Like those type of plays where you're sitting the pick and roll, Adams is running to the rim, he's getting those alley oops. I, th- I think that would be a fun aspect of Shea's game to develop that he just can't really do right now. I mean, we, we saw a few games ago when Hami threw that alley oop to Al Horford. You know, like Al Horford's not going to be your ooper. No, he's not I mean, here to to get alley oops. <laughs> maybe they need to start rolling Hami to the rim. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but so I think even if Bamba didn't work out, he would kind of help develop that aspect of Shea's game. And you know. He is having the greatest PER season of all time currently, <laughs> 34.3. Get him over here. <laughs> they you just know, don't NBA, play him. Yeah. They don't. And, and well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic in a second. Did mm-hmm. you know that Embiid and Jokic are both putting up top 11 PER seasons of all time? Wow. Currently. Wow. Pretty amazing. Giannis was highest of all time last season. Mm-hmm. Big big time in the 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 league for for per. That is wild. That is really crazy. Um, but yes, I would like Mobamba. I I wouldn't want to have to give up a first round pick, which I'm guessing. No, oh no, 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 no. For Mobamba, <laughs> well, no way. But but like, why? If you're the Magic, why move him for less? Just keep him. Like, who cares? I mean, I would I would trade him for if they wanted George Hill. They're like, we need a point guard, we oh, need a steady, yeah. steady hand, or whatever. Honestly, okay, let's just move on to the next award so I can talk more about the magic. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Hey, You're Not Supposed to Be Here Award. This award goes to the surprise team that you are currently most worried about out-tanking the Thunder this season. Mm-hmm. So this does. we're not counting the Wizards. We're talking about like right now, because the Wizards surprised us from our preseason projections. Yeah. But the team we're right now, we're like, Oh my gosh, this team may be way worse than I thought. And my team is the Orlando Magic. So as you know, or may know, they started the season six and two. Six and two. Talk of the town. People loving the magic. Since then, what happened? Well, Markel Fultz tore his ACL out for the year. They are three and thirteen since Markel Fultz got hurt. Nine of those thirteen losses were by double digits. During that stretch, which is 16 games now, they have the 30th-ranked offense, the 28th-ranked defense, worst net rating in the league at negative 12.8. The next closest team is negative 8.5. Aaron Gordon's now out four to six weeks. Cole Anthony, their new starting point guard, is shooting 37.8% from the field. I think they're the the worst team in the NBA. Like, without any changes – I think they will end up with the worst record in the NBA. That's how I feel right now. That's how bad yeah. they have been without Markel Fultz. So I hadn't even thought about the George Hill idea. But yes, something as simple as that move for them. Because you look at the standings, like they're still in it. You know, they're oh, still yeah. very close to being in the play-in game. The Wizards are still in it. Yeah. Yeah, the Wizards are still in it. Everyone Everybody's is. in it. Yeah. 
if they made a simple trade like that, bringing in George Hill, like big deal, mm-hmm. that would significantly improve their chances. And I was thinking them more as like a blow it up candidate. But yeah, if they could just get someone like a George Hill, that would that would go a long way to solving their problems. Yeah. Who could have guessed that turning your team over to Cole Anthony would make you the worst team in the league? Who would have guessed? Uh, you've been a you've been a Cole <laughs> hater since day one. I have. I just don't think he's good. Well, it's, really it's funny those that three and thirteen record. One of those wins was a Cole Anthony game winner. Like without yeah. that, they're now two and fourteen. I mean, they have truly <laughs> been awful. Yeah, it's bad, and they don't even play Bamba. Give us Bamba. Come yeah, no on. Bamba. What are you doing? Three Do and thirteen, not... and no Bamba. No, that is wild. Yeah, we we need we need to get Bamba over here. We need to get him some minutes. Would they That's would they so be sad. your team as well? That you're most have, surprised to see? Well, I, ha- I have the Bulls there. I have Billy Donovan and the mm. Chicago Bulls. Uh, you know, the the word was that Billy Donovan wanted to go to a better situation, that he wanted to go to a team that was on the upswing. And you have the Chicago Bulls that don't appear to be on the upswing. <laughs> they're, they're toward the bottom of the East standings. They're 9-14. and 14. It's like, that's that's gross. I mean, the Thunder have more wins than they do to this point in the season. And that's that is that is sad for, for Billy. And these it's such a weird team too. Like they're just such a strange, a strangely constructed team. Uh you feel like they they need to do something. They need to commit one way or the other. Cause they don't they don't have enough good young players to really charge forward with, and then their veterans like I know Zach Levine's having a great season, but Zach Levine should not be your number one. He's kind of masquerading as a number one guy. Like they just don't have enough good guys on either side. I think is what they're kind of figuring out. Yeah, there's there's, there's still so many young players that they need to develop. I mean, we still don't feel like we know what Larry Markkinen's going to be. Wendell Carter is out again yeah. for an extended period of time. Um, you still want to see what Kobe White could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have not seen, like, you know, the end of last season when he had all those games over 30 points at the end of the season. He hasn't really been that this season, and you wonder if, if he could get back there. Yeah, the Bulls are definitely disappointing. And when you start comparing the young talent between, like, the Thunder and the Bulls, I mean, you'd much rather have – I mean, Shea is the blue chipper of that group easily. Yeah, that's really all you need to say. Yeah, well, I was I was going to move on to Dort, but yeah, just stop at Shea. Yeah, you could yeah you could move through Shea the roster. Is the most important. Yeah, yeah, it's man, it is uh, it's just a, it's a bad situation. They're just kind of in no man's land because I don't think they're going to be at the bottom of the East standings. I think they'll win some games and we'll be talking about them as a play in tournament t- type of team. But they're they're just in the worst kind of no man's land. Okay, our next award goes to uh it's called the you have muted tweets from this account award this award goes to the thunder topic or thunder related topic that you are most sick of talking or reading about the thing that when it comes up on your timeline you're just like oh i need to mute that because i am sick of seeing that mine andrew russell westbrook oh I've i've gotten to the point where it's just not fun anymore and listen, credit to Russ Stans. They are still out there in force, mm-hmm. going to war for their guy on Twitter.com every single day, 24-7. And you got to respect that. And and the Russ haters are still out there. 
but the stakes are so much lower that it's just gotten to a point where I just feel like it's listen I don't think anything is going to dramatically change Russ's legacy at, at this point at least until the end of this current contract and so these next couple of years are just going to be a slog for both Russ haters and Russ stands. Like, there's just not a lot to talk about. I mean, I, I think back to that 2017 MVP debate, which at the time was miserable. You know, we would mm-hmm. get on Twitter every single day, have the exact same arguments, throw up our exact same tweets about why Russ was the MVP, why James Harden wasn't. Yeah. But in retrospect, like, the stakes were high. Like, we were trying to get our guy an MVP. It was big time. We got it for him. We did so it. Even, even, yeah, we did it. You so, and me. So even though it was miserable at the time, there was some real purpose behind it. Whereas I feel now when I see like the, the tweets that come out after every single Wizards game, I'm just like, can we just take a break for a while? Like, it doesn't <laughs> ma- nothing, nothing matters right now. Like, let's just take a little vacation from doing this. You are exhausting me, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, and this is going to be I, this is going to be a, a, a long term issue, but the uh, the people that make tanking a moral issue, I'm just I'm over it. Mm. I'm just like totally over it. Um, it's not a moral issue; has never been a moral issue. Um, and then also just like the people that like to uh, put words in like the Thunder organization's mouth about like what's what's right and wrong about team development. Like that kind of stuff just just irks me to my core. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not that uh, I have never put words in Sam Presti's mouth. I've literally uh, acted as Sam Presti. <laughs> you imitated him. <laughs> yeah, but but never to uh, describe tanking or trying to get a high draft pick as like a moral character issue. So, no, I think we all have our beliefs, and we like to believe that the team would run the exact way we think they should run if we were in charge. And yeah. so it's like, well, if I think this way, then Sam Presti must think that way because this is this, this is the right way to go. So yeah. this must be what they're thinking as well. So I understand yeah. it. Uh, but, sure. but yeah, I, I, I definitely get it. And this is the time to have those opinions because the future of this team is so in flux. Like yeah. we still don't really know what's going to happen next. I mean, two go- you know, Hill and Horford could be gone from this team in a week and it wouldn't shock anyone. On the other hand, they could be here f- for the next 2 years, unlikely, but for Hill well, at least. Yeah, Hill won't be here for 2 years. Um, yeah. Well, if you just want to be right, there's one way to go. So. Oh, wow. Staking a claim, putting your flag in the ground, the Andrew flag. Yeah. If you I mean, there's there is there is a correct and incorrect take. There oh is my. absolutely Ooh, cr- just fired. like with the just like, just like with the Sixers back in the day, there were people that were on either side of the fence there, and there was a correct take, and there was an incorrect take. Yeah, but the problem with the Sixers one is that I feel like the anti-tankers can look back at it and say, "Ha ha, we won! We got rid of Sam Hinkie, and then the team became good," which is like a joke. Like yeah. they, they shouldn't say that because obviously they're not good without landing Embiid and Simmons. Yeah. Still. But I think I I don't think I'll say this. Hinky certainly did not convince people that tanking is a winning strategy. I don't I don't feel like he he convinced large groups of NBA fans. I think wh- whatever you felt about Sam Hinky's plan going into it, you still feel that way. Well, 
cool. They could still have Drew Holiday and just be just sputtering in mediocrity. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Evan Turner. Evan Turner. Evan Turner is is now a coach for the Celtics. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, three more awards. The next award, I can't believe I'm saying this award. This award goes to the strong thunder opinion that we now hold that wasn't even on our radar two months ago. It's an opinion on something that we didn't even care about two months ago. We weren't even thinking about it. And for mine, and I've said it before, it's that Kenny Hustle is not just an NBA player. He's an NBA playoff rotation player. Now, maybe that means he's the ninth man, tenth man even. But (laughs) Kenny Hustle is someone who you could play in a playoff game for ten minutes and you're not worried about it. Yeah, I mean, we have played much worse players ten minutes in a playoff game, much worse. <laughs> and he was a guy who, in preseason, a lot of the Thunder fan base was like, "Getting rid of Frank Jackson? You're getting rid of Frank Jackson? Why don't you get rid of this Kenrich guy? Who is oh he?" <laughs> the amount of stress that the Thunder fan base had about Frank Jackson was just—I know—and now it's like unruly. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> now now it makes sense because yeah, Kenrich Williams is. Clearly, like, he's going to be in the NBA longer than Frank Jackson. I feel confident. Well, he's he's there now. He's there. He's now. there now. <laughs> well, I declared. I I waited till most of the Thunder fan base was asleep, but declared him a dude the other night on oh, on wow. Twitter. He's on guy. He's big he, jump for him. It is. He's on track to be a guy. I didn't think. I didn't think we'd be having this conversation about him either. But yeah, uh, and I didn't think we'd be having this conversation here. I think. It's time to declare Hamadou Diallo a guy. I think he's a guy. Who? Who? It's 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 time. I've 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 held back, and his his abilities have gotten so much better that I think it's it's time. Hamadou Diallo declared a guy. He's a guy. Wow. I mean, listen. There were there were Thunder fans who were much earlier on the on the Hamadou Diallo train, and I will be honest. Andrew, I still don't know if I can jump on with you. I'm I'm close. Wow. We had we've had serious serious coverage of Hamadou Diallo this week and I you're know. the one hanging back. I know, but saying he's a guy is such a big title to give a person. It's a big deal. I think he's deserving though. I do think he's deserving. What oh. what about him would you set what is is holding you back? What's what? What is unsustainable about what he's doing right now? I guess would be the question. Unsus- I mean, yeah, it's not like he's shooting crazy from three all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that he's excelling at are one things that he we've always known he's good at, which is like his athleticism, getting mm-hmm. to the rim, uh, being real active on offense and defense. I guess the the new thing is the better decision making and and the passing, improved passing, which. You know, I don't see why he would just have this like random stretch of his career where he was a good passer for a couple games and then it just goes away. So maybe you're right. Maybe you're, maybe I just need to to just you know let my heart fly. Just open my heart to Hami and just say that Hamidou Diallo is a guy. Yeah, it's it's been a wild experience. I did I not just, think I didn't think we'd be having this conversation. It's really because didn't. when you start listing out guys on this team, like I have to remind myself, like this is a bottom five offense will probably be a bottom 10 defense. Are yeah. there really going to be six or seven guys on this team? 
Are we, is there nothing about this season that's going to be fooling us in terms of individual evaluation? I think it's certainly that could certainly be the case. I also think this team is just a little this this team is a little bit different when it comes to development of young players, though. Um, I just I don't know. There's something different about it, and I just don't see anything that's that Hami couldn't replicate. And he's going to have to do it in smaller doses. Like he's not. On a good team, he's still like a 12-minute-a-night guy. Probably, yeah. So he just comes off the bench. He is – and as long as he can – and this is what he struggled with when he was on a good team with the Thunder, is that he was just out there and he couldn't really decide what he wanted to do, right? He just wanted to do so many different things at once that it just either was very good or very bad. And so if he can keep the game slow for him – and his athleticism and his intellect can kind of intersect like they have been lately. And he can come off the bench and he can make plays in transition and he can get to the rim and he can pass it well and he can rebound. Like if you do that for 12 minutes, like you can come in and change a game. And so I, I think that he's got that ability. I'm not saying like he's going to, uh, he's our fifth starter or something. Like, no, I don't think that. But I do think that he could flourish in the NBA and he may, he may go do this for somebody else. You know, it may right. not be for the Thunder. There may be a team that sees Hami and is like, hey, like, we could definitely use a, a really good athlete like that. That's de- that's developed under the Thunder's wing, and we feel like we can do something with this kind of guy. So, Yeah, and, and the difference from last year, like when he was or when he has been on a good team, is that as we've seen this year, some of the biggest developments have come with the ball in his hands – and mm-hmm. that just wasn't ever going to be the plan on those good teams. Like they basically yeah. wanted him to spot up in the corner and maybe develop as a really good cutter. But some yeah. of the things that are most exciting about Hami this season have come with the ball in his hands, which is is going to be important because yeah, like you probably don't want Hami leading your bench unit on a really good team, but if he can be maybe the secondary ball handler on mm-hmm. a bench unit, like that that is something I can now see for Hami in his future. Yeah, and I asked Mark Degnault before the Lakers game about Hami and his development. I said, is this more of a he's just getting an opportunity type of deal or is it like this is like legitimate development for him? And like, and can you parse that out uh, was my question. And he said that you can't really separate the two, that development and opportunity are too difficult to separate, but... He did say, and I said this on Monday, that Hami learned how to be a pro off the court very early on, and it's only helped him on the court moving forward. And so, I don't know, there's something, in the way the Thunder have talked about him, you know, throughout this season with Mark Degnault and his teammates and um, some different conversations that that I've had with people, that it's just, there, there is something there. To me, there is there's something there that I don't even know that the Thunder saw. Frankly, I don't even know if the Thunder coaching staff saw it in him. Um, and maybe Mark Degnault did. Maybe maybe this was Mark Degnault, you know, sitting on the bench and and Billy didn't give him the opportunities that maybe Mark thought he could he could have. Uh, but you know, this was part of the reason that they brought Mark up to be the head coach is because he is a 100% developmental coach. Like that's what he has been with the Thunder for for years now. And that's what this portion of Thunder history is is all about is development. And uh you know the you know Hami is is a 
is a success story in that. Big homie show today. Big homie. Hom- he deserves it, man. He deserves some big time shine. Um, okay, two more awards. Second to last, say what stat of the first trimester award. And for me, it is that Shay Gilgis Alexander is now leading the league in drives per game. Yeah. We've said he's been second for a while. He's behind Luca. He is now number one, 24 and a half drives per game. That is wild to me. That, that is, because because yeah. the guys at the top of that list, Luca, Trey, DeMar DeRozan, Ja Morant, De'Aaron Fox, Jimmy Butler, Colin Sexton, James Harden, like just going down the list, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, John Wall, like these are all great players or have been great players during their career. And for him mm-hmm. to be at the top of that list currently is just awesome because it is showing that he is going to have this strength in his game going forward, and that's going to lead to so many opportunities for him. Because look at listen to this. This is really crazy. So you're looking at his drives. He has the most amount of passes out of drives at 11.6, yeah. but yeah. his assist percentage is still much lower than the guys behind him. So like mm-hmm. John Morant is at 15 in terms of his assist percentage. So that's I'm assuming that means the percentage of his drives that lead to an assist or that end in an assist. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shea is down at 8.9. And obviously part of that goes into his potential assists. Like he is top seven in potential assists, but is still mm-hmm. down around 6.5 total assists. And so just imagining when you put better players and better shooters around SGA and you combine his like elite skills at driving and kicking that we've seen this year, like we're looking at a guy who's probably going to be like 25 and 9 every single night. Yeah. And just the fact that he's developed as a point guard is a really big deal for this team. Mine is also Shea related, and it's there are 10 players in the NBA that are averaging 20 points, 5 boards and 5 assists while shooting 50% from the field and at least 35% from 3. And Shea's one of ten, and he's one of four in the Western Conference. Shea, Jokic, Paul George, Kawhi. Yeah. That's all. That, to me, is mind-blowing. And I know that some people don't like that. They think I'm cherry-picking stats. Like, whatever. Like, people do, like, the 50, 40, 90 stuff matters, and, like, percentages do matter. Um, and for to for a guard to shoot 50% from the field is is very, very difficult. And it's the type of shots that they take and it's shot selection. Um, but Shea, to shoot 50% from uh, from the field is a big deal. It's a really big deal. And for really to be wings and a, and a center that are doing it in the Western Conference, uh, it's pretty mind-blowing. Just, he is, he's not only like a all-star candidate currently, like he is a future star of the NBA and I didn't think this would happen this fast. Yeah, and going back to our conversation about like how do we know what's real this season, one thing that is very hard to fake is a highly efficient game. <laughs> like when, yes. Typically when you talk about good stats, bad team, it is not someone who's having a hyper-efficient season. It is guys who are taking a ton of shots, right. putting up a ton of counting stats, mm-hmm. but not necessarily playing well. What Shea's doing is very hard to fake. 
it's very hard to yeah. do on a bad team. And so for him to be able to do it, and this goes back to the all-star discussion, like the, st- the statistical case for SGA is rock solid. The only yeah. reason he's not going to make the all-star game is just because, you know, they're going to be awarding teams that are doing better and, you know, giving three jazz players a spot or something like that. Like it's, that's, it's, it's frankly because he doesn't do anything that's that exciting. True. Yeah. If he was dunking on guys, if he was had like Westbrook's athleticism and was putting up these same numbers, he'd be an all-star. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it. He just does it all very quietly. Like you get to the end of the game, you're like, oh, she had 29 points tonight. Like I didn't know. Only saw maybe maybe five of them. You know, <laughs> maybe he is faking it. Then you're saying there's no video evidence. He's putting up these. <laughs> there's no video evidence. Is it's very Durant like, where he's just like chipping away. You know, at you know, getting 20 points a game. Like it's just he's just always he's getting there consistently, and I don't know. I mean his his numbers are very very good. He's 22 points per night, six and a half assists, five and a half boards a game. I mean he's he's been great. And you talk about per 36, and they could play him 36 minutes a night, and I think that his numbers would be this: like 24 points per game, seven assists, almost six boards a game. Like yeah, that's that's a big time player. And he's shooting five threes a game and hitting 38%. I mean, that that progression from where he was, even after the Clippers season, where it was like, oh, like this guy's good. Like he's a good player, interesting player. I mean, if I would have told you um, after just one season with the Thunder, this this is what he's going to do, I think people would have been like, yeah. I would have said, like, what are the odds of Shea? In year three, averaging you know twenty two, five and six a game, and being the the focal point of an offense, be like, oh, I don't know, five percent. You know, I mean, it wouldn't have been much. I really don't think people thought that he could be this. Yeah, or you would think like, oh, like maybe they'll be in a tanking position then, and just be you know by nature of the tank, he will be getting all of these possessions, which is true. That's what happened. But again, for him to be doing it in the way he's doing it is what's so shocking. And that leads us into our final award, which it should be obvious at this point, the Thunder MVP award of the first trimester's got to be SGA. It's got to be SGA. And I almost included uh, this on the, um, the award about, you know, the preseason take that we were most wrong about. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had a lot of discussions about, you know, is Shea a two? Is it not like positionally, but is he like a number two on a team or a number three? Mm-hmm. And it's becoming clear to me that like the, the conversation is whether he's a number one or number two. And mm-hmm. the reason why that's so great for the Thunder is because it now becomes a thing where like, if you can get another player who's as good as Shea, all of a sudden you're, you're going to be a lot closer than you think. Whereas previously I felt like, we need to get one more guy who's significantly better than Shea. Like, we need that mm-hmm. generational star. But if you get someone else who's as good as Shea or as good as I now think Shea's going to be, like, you have your core, your core two yeah. guys. Yeah. And you still need to continue to build because if you think if you think you get one more guy and it's like, all right, it's time to go, I would just say, like, look at the Blazers. Like, the Blazers have two guys that are very good. And... They have made the West Finals. That's great. But they haven't had like significant sustained success. Like you still need a lot more than that. Because I think that you could say that Dame is a lot better than Shea is. Um, and if Shea ever got to the level of Dame, it would be 
incredible. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, Dame is one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, but it just kind of speaks to the fact that like this, a slow rebuild where you actually develop players and you draft guys. And I mean, that's how the Thunder are going to bring in significant talent. It's not through free agency. It's not, it could be through trade, but it's more likely through the NBA draft. And so it really, it behooves the Thunder to continue to be very deliberate when it comes to build, filling out this team. Um, somebody we didn't talk, I don't even know that we uttered his name today, and it's because he hasn't played well lately on the offensive end, or at least his shooting has gone down, is Lou Dort. Can you believe we didn't say Lou Dort's name one time? Didn't bring him up. He's down to 34.7% from three. Mm-hmm. Still pretty good. Still pretty, Still pretty good, good, but he's he's had to get a lot of misses in quick succession to get down to 34 <laughs> yes, that quickly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's missed a ton of threes, and it's looked bad. I mean, several of those shots in that Lakers game looked pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, 0 of 6 against the Lakers, 1 of 4 against Minnesota, 0 of 2, 1 of 4, 1 of 9. Um, yep. Yep. It's not, yep. Super, not super good, but... After doing what he did to start the season, like this was coming, like this was going to be a part of it. Like this is how you get, this is how like even Danny Green becomes the thirty-six percent shooter that he is every single year. Is that he goes these? It's not just a consistent flow of thirty-six percent. It's he goes five of five in a game, then he goes zero of five in a game, and it's just all over the map. And that's how you get get these like 36% shooters. I mean, I didn't, I mean, I would have been shocked if we got to the end of the year and he was like 42% from three. I mean, those guys are rare. Those guys are, there just aren't that many of those guys, especially guys that can defend um, and have the defensive assignments that he has. So I do think he'll bounce back. I do think that he'll have a good stretch again, but he's kind of in, in the midst of a bad one. Well, I think this was a very positive Thunder podcast that we just had. Which is good yeah. because the Thunder are about to go into a stretch that is going to be very difficult. According to Tankathon.com, yeah. the remaining strength of schedule, at least through this first part of the, the, the season, mm-hmm. is going to be the third toughest. Yeah. And yeah. starts off with LA, Denver, Milwaukee. LA, <laughs> Denver, know? Milwaukee. Yeah. That, like that port, right there. Port- if, if they get one win out of that, that'll be re- impressive. Um, yeah, all those teams are very good, and then even after that, Portland, Memphis, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Miami, San Antonio, Atlanta, Denver, Dallas, San Antonio. So we're going to know so much more about this team by the end of this first section of the schedule, which ends on March fourth. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we feel about all these uh, nice things we've said. Hmm. I stand by them. Stand by the things. I stand by everything I've said today. Hey, you've 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 said it in stone. You said it today. Everyone heard it. Hamadou Diallo is a guy. He's a guy. Yep. That's forever now. Yeah. It's forever etched in stone. Right next to my Deontay Burton is a guy stone. Oh, man. It was so easy to get guy status back in the day. <laughs> it was. It we was. did not was, agonize it over, over it like I we was, do now. I was trigger happy with guy status <laughs> back in the day. Oh, thanks so much for following us. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks so much for joining in. We have Evan from Tulsa. Thanks so much. We have Sam Haney listening for the first time. We have uh, Jamie listening from Mexico. 
Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Oh, Thunder Film Room commented another more Shea praise. Shea is shooting 64% at the rim, which is in the 92nd percentile in the league. Pretty wild. He's he's good. He's a good player. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get The Athletic for $3.99 a month. You can get this show ad-free. You can get The Athletic NBA show ad-free, The Daily Ding. Uh, you can get no dunks. Ad free. I kind of like listening to their ads, but if you don't like it, you can get them ad free. You can also read everything at The Athletic for that $3.99 price. It's outrageous. If you love uh, football or uh, even if you like uh, soccer, lots of soccer content on The Athletic. So go check it out. Hope you guys have a wonderful Wednesday. Go watch some G League games today, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.